Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 291. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Thank you to Sunset Lake CBD for sponsoring this week's episode. Use promo code CHAT for 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned small business that shifts craft CBD products directly from their farm outside of Burlington, Vermont to your door. Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. They offer tinctures, edibles, salves, and coffee designed to help with sleep, stress, and sore muscles. Sunset Lake CBD customers support regenerative agriculture that preserves the health of the land and creates meaningful employment in the community. Farm workers are paid a living wage and employees own the majority of the company. Remember, use promo code CHAT to get 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Therapy Reimagine is more than a conference. It's an experience. Join the community of modern therapists for the fourth annual, second virtual, first hybrid Therapy Reimagine conference from September 23rd to 25th 2021. We will be in Los Angeles and online with our super fancy virtual conference app. We bring fresh, diverse voices to our virtual and physical stages, talking about cutting edge topics that most other conferences avoid. Learn more at therapyreimaginedconference.com and grab your virtual or hybrid ticket for 15% off with a special promo code for Therapy Chat listeners, Therapy Chat 15. I will be there and I will see you there, maybe even in person, I'm planning on going to LA, depending on what happens. But that's my intention to at least stop into some of the events. So I'm excited about that. Hey everyone, it's me, Laura Reagan. Just wanted to make sure that you know about what I've got going on this summer. I don't think I've really talked about it much here, which is silly, but in case you didn't hear, I did start a second podcast called Trauma Chat which is really for anyone who wants to understand what trauma is and how it shows up in our lives. As you've heard me say, if you've listened to this show, I've 
mentioned a million times that people tend to think that trauma is something that happens to someone else, something horrific and unthinkable, unspeakable. And that is true. Trauma is that. But it's also experiences that are very commonly shared among many of us, most of us. On Trauma Chat, I break down what trauma is in hopefully understandable language that's not stigmatizing. I know I couldn't have possibly captured every thought there is about trauma and every aspect of trauma and how it shows up, but I hope that trauma chat will be helpful to people who really don't understand what trauma is and maybe wondering, do I have trauma, you know, or wanting to better understand what someone they care about is going through. And most importantly, how to get help if you have experienced trauma, what to look for, how to describe your experiences or how to find the words that, that name what you've been through so that you can then connect with whatever type of resource support, whether it's therapy or a podcast that you'd like to listen to, to learn more about it or an article, another website. This is my hope in creating Trauma Chat. And the second part of that is the new Trauma Therapist Network community that I'm creating. It's unbelievable to say this because I've been laboring behind the scenes to bring this to you for a long time, starting in around 2018 is when I first had the idea and then the process of getting from there to here has been slow and with many twists and turns, but I'm creating a community for people who have experienced trauma to find help, for trauma therapists to find other trauma therapists to network with and refer to and gather and collaborate and share ideas and hopefully come together in person in in gatherings that I don't know if they'll be able to happen in 2021, but maybe by 2022, we can have in-person gatherings of trauma therapists to provide support to one another and combat the isolation of trauma work. Even if you work in a large agency or group practice, trauma work is so isolating. It's just part of the nature of it. And connecting with other people who get it is so valuable. The participants in my trauma therapist consult groups share how useful they find them to be because we're in our offices doing our work and then we go home and it can be really hard to receive the same kind of support that you give to your clients. So I hope that Trauma Therapist Network will be a useful resource for you, whether you are someone who's trying to find more information about trauma or if you are a trauma therapist yourself. To learn more, please go to traumatherapistnetwork.com. The website is not live yet as of June 28th when I'm recording this, but it will be live by August 1st if all goes well. And hopefully there may be even a soft launch before that, a beta version. So please go to traumatherapistnetwork.com where you can find a free download and sign up to be notified as soon as it officially goes live. Whether you are a therapist or just someone who wants to learn more about trauma, there's a download there for you, <laughs> different ones for each group. And I hope that this resource that I've really created from the heart will bring healing to more people. 
I really want people who have experienced trauma to be able to find the right kind of support. And that's why I created the Trauma Therapist Network. I hope you will join me there. Like I said, you can get more information by going to www.traumatherapistnetwork.com where you can sign up to be notified as soon as the official website goes live, which will be in August of 2021. If you're hearing this after August 2021, go there and hopefully you will find the site and you'll see everything that it has to offer. I cannot wait. This is such a labor of love, something that I've really poured my heart into and I'm just so excited for you to see it. Thank you so much for your support. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. Wow, what a busy time it's been. So much happening. Therapy Chat is approaching, see, by the time most of you hear this, Therapy Chat will have celebrated its its sixth birthday. Therapy Chat was born on August 15th, 2015, and today is August 10th as I'm recording this. And Therapy Chat is going to be six years old. It's kind of unbelievable in a way that I've been doing this show most weeks for six years. I know there have been some times where I've done replay episodes through the summer, but this year I did not do that. Wow. Thank you all for listening to Therapy Chat. It's amazing that in six years we've had, as of now, 4,101,000 downloads. Today is the 291st episode. It's just, it's kind of surreal. I did not put together a special episode to celebrate the sixth birthday of Therapy Chat, although I always like to celebrate these special moments. But I've been so busy creating Trauma Chat, my other new podcast, and Trauma Therapist Network that I just have not had a chance to do extra with, with Therapy Chat. I'm very grateful to our sponsors over the years who've kept Therapy Chat going because without their support, it would be impossible to give my time to put this show together. So thank you so much to all the sponsors we've had and our current sponsors. And while we're thanking people, I'd like to thank all the many wonderful guests that I've had on the show over the years. Some of them are major name stars in the field and others are therapists like you and me, those of you who are therapists, who care deeply about their work and have something to say that they want the world to hear. So I've been so grateful for all of you. While I'm at it, I'd like to also welcome the newest members to the Trauma Therapist Network family. So if you've probably heard the new website, www.traumatherapistnetwork.com is a resource for finding information about trauma and finding help. And the newest members of the Trauma Therapist Network family are Debbie Duquette, who is a clinical social worker in Madison, Alabama. I'm so glad you joined, Debbie. Thank you. I'm sure that people in Alabama will be very happy to find trauma therapy. And Debbie does practice virtually. So if She's not near you, but you're looking for a trauma therapist. Check her out. Gwendolyn Blake, LPC in Clinton, New Jersey. Very grateful to you for joining the network. Thank you for becoming part of the family. Catherine Fries, F-R-I-E-S. Hopefully I pronounced your last name right. She's a clinical social worker in Philadelphia. 
always giving referrals for trauma therapy in Philadelphia because I get asked about that a lot. And I love the city of Philadelphia. I visit there so often. My daughter goes to college there. And my friend, Robin Brickell, LMFT, who is her group practice, Brickell and Associates, is in Alexandria, Virginia, but she's also licensed in Washington, D.C. and Connecticut. And she offers virtual therapy to people in Connecticut, D.C., and virtual and in-person in Virginia. Robin is going to be a guest on an upcoming episode. You'll hear her in a few weeks talking about top-down and bottom-up therapies for trauma. Robin was also on the show back in 2018, and I will post a link to her prior interview with her new episode when it comes out. But you, if you want to check it out, it's episode 154 called You Might Be a Trauma Survivor and Need More Self-Care. Also, if you go to traumatherapistnetwork.com, you can see Robin's profile and her past episode as well as some of her blog posts are linked there. That's one of the really cool things I love about the directory of the Trauma Therapist Network is that it's almost like the way you write your profile is like a blog post. So you can put dynamic content in it like links and you know, videos and links to your social media so that potential clients can get a feel for who you are as a therapist. I think that's a really neat feature and being able to link to previous podcast episodes you've been on, you know, that's a great way to let clients get a feel for who you are and how you are as a therapist and what it feels like to talk to you by hearing you on podcasts or if you have your own podcast. So that's something cool that Trauma Therapist Network directory does. I love that. So let's get into today's episode. I recently talked with Kurt Widhelm, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Los Angeles, California. Kurt is certified in EMDR and a consultant in training, and he owns a group practice specializing in working with teens and their families, especially those who have experienced trauma or have issues with self-harm. Kurt is the co-founder of the Therapy Reimagined Conference and the co-host of the Modern Therapist Survival Guide podcast, which is really cool and you should definitely check it out. Also, regarding the conference, I'll be there in September. I'm presenting and I hope to attend in person as well. And you may have heard that they are sponsoring this week's episode. Kurt teaches in the MFT programs at California State University, Northridge and Pepperdine University, and he's a member of the CAMFT Ethics Committee. And Kurt talked with me about using EMDR with teens. So last week you heard Kristen D. Boyce from Noblesville, Indiana, talking about the differences and similarities between EMDR and brain spotting, which I thought was really interesting to listen to. And now we're talking with Kurt about using EMDR with adolescents. I feel that I have not explored EMDR very much on this show, and I wanted to change that. So you'll be hearing more about EMDR in future episodes and more about brain spotting as well got several brain spotting therapists lined up to to come on to the show over the duration of this year. So I think that you will find my interview with Kurt very interesting. I know I did. And he's clearly very passionate about his work. So and knowledgeable. I really enjoyed it. And I hope you will too. So let's dive right in. 
Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today with me is Kurt Widhelm, LMFT, who is a group practice owner in Los Angeles focusing on trauma and adolescence. And he's also the co-host of the Modern Therapist Survival Guide podcast and a co-founder of the Therapy Reimagined Conference. Kurt, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. And this topic of EMDR with adolescents is something that I've been really excited to dive into. So we'll get started with that. But before we even go there, will you just start off by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your work? Sure. I'm Kurt Whithelm. I'm a marriage and family therapist. I am certified in EMDR through EMDRIA and currently a consultant in training. And for people in the EMDR world, they know that this makes me an EMDR nerd. And (laughs) I have been working with adolescents for pretty much all of my career. I got started when I was in my 20s, straight out of grad school. And there wasn't a lot of adults at the time that were like, hey, you've got the world figured out. So naturally, most of my clients at the time ended up being teenagers. And now that I've been practicing for, I don't know, coming close to 15 years, I describe myself now to most parents as some kind of like a recycled teenager. I spend a lot of time in talking of the teenage things out of the day, but really being able to relate to a lot of kids going through a time of their life of development and individuation and just trying to figure out who they are. And especially when they've got trauma going on in their lives, they've really got reasons to not want to trust or talk to adults and creating spaces for them to be able to sort things out. And that is really a a lot of the energy that I like to bring to my work is being able to help create a space where these adolescents can move on with their lives and be in a much happier place. Oh, that's so important. And You know, I'm always thrilled when I talk to someone who specializes in trauma and especially, you know, really understanding that adolescents, teens need trauma focused support. You know, they, so many things that kids go through are traumatic just by virtue of the powerlessness and lack of control that kids and teenagers have. So, you know, I wish when I was a teenager that I had, there had been like a youthful, therapist who I could have talked to that I would have felt was relatable because I can remember one time trying therapy as a teen and it was like an older man. He could have been 30, but it seemed like he was like 75 to me. And I was just like, no way this person can't relate to me. So not to say that an older person can't relate to young people, but that misperception that teens can have, it's really nice to be just sort of down to earth and for them to feel like you get them, even if they think what a nerd, but I guess it's kind of cool. You know, I mean, that's like, (laughs) I I tell a lot of parents that if at the end of the first session, their kids are coming back with, all right, that wasn't bad. That that is an absolute win for a first session. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we were talking a little bit before we started about how you got involved with doing EMDR. Can, can you share a bit of that story with our audience? Yeah. So I was already a licensed mental health professional. And one day I was riding my bicycle home from my office and 
I was feeling a, a car coming up behind me. I moved over to the side of the road to kind of let them by and my tires got stuck in a drainage groove in the road. Mm. And I could not stop my bike in time. I hit a curb. I went up over my handlebars and I went face first into a fire hydrant. Oh my gosh. And I was quote unquote fortunate enough that somebody stopped right away, called an ambulance, that I was able to go to the hospital. But I had broken several bones in my face, knocked out a bunch of teeth. I ended up having my jaw wired for about six weeks. And it was time where uh, just due to some personal things in my life, I had kind of very much just shut in, tried to go through my treatments, get back to my life as soon as possible. And it did not work out for me emotionally. And so eventually I decided I want to get back into riding a bike. I went into CBT therapy and after about five sessions, I kind of just told the therapist, like, I know what you're doing. It's not working for me. You're not very good at what you're doing. This just isn't a great treatment for me. And I stopped my therapy and took a while longer, but somebody recommended going to EMDRs. Hey, you know, here's this other treatment. And I went and after the first session, I was ready to get a brand new bicycle that I had such a great and different experience that I felt relieved. I felt the ability to just be able to leave my past behind me and to be able to really start taking the world back in the moment. And it felt so much more under control. And I thought this is me needing to bring this kind of a treatment to my clients as well. Wow. Yeah. And that's, you know, we talked before that uh, someone I love was recently in a bicycle accident as well. So it's, it's so, it's such a hopeful story because you had really serious injuries to your face and jaw and here you are recovered. And also it sounds like from the emotional aspects of it as well. Yeah. And it's it's a story that I, I proudly tell, and especially with introducing EMDR to my clients, because it is something where a lot of clients resonate with that lived experience of, oh, this is something that can help. I, I know somebody, there's somebody sitting right in front of me that has experienced this and being able to just trust that, oh, this is somebody who is straightforward and being honest about what they're going through. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end to this and gives hope of being able to get through whatever it is that they're going through. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's interesting with something that causes physical injuries like this, you know, I focus on trauma, but it's definitely around family of origin trauma, childhood trauma, childhood abuse, and something like this where no one really did something to you to harm you on purpose it's, it's, you know, one of those shock trauma, single incident trauma situations that we don't always think about the emotional aspect as much, or I don't, but you know, that's very important. And I'm very clear with my clients on this too, because for a lot of my clients that come in who have more of that complex trauma history, and it can be very easy for them to dismiss some of these single incident trauma that, This is where really building that trusting relationship in the early stages of our work is, yeah, I don't have the exact same experience as you. And trauma can still impact a lot of people in very similar ways, even with very different kinds of trauma. And 
it's being able to take some of that really intentional time at the beginning of treatments to help clients understand the trauma process, that trauma looks different for everybody, but we can still have very similar internal experiences that helps to ease into the therapy process. And what I like about being able to share my story is that it's one that because it is single incident and it's contained, it's not one that clients end up leaving those sessions being like, well, I got to take care of my therapist now too, that it's able to show like, this is a very compartmentalized part of my life. I'm through it. I received my treatment. And this allows for me to come in as somebody who's been through trauma, who has gotten through trauma and can now talk about trauma in a way that like, oh, here's just another part of my history. And that is what helps to really build that therapeutic relationship with a lot of clients, even with a really different trauma history is because, oh, here's somebody who's, who's through it. Yeah, definitely. Because of course, one of the things about trauma is that feeling of nobody's going to understand what I've been through. You know, you, you don't know my story, that type of thing, but you're also touching on a really important aspect of EMDR. So I think this is a good opportunity just kind of move into talking about how does the process of doing EMDR work? So EMDR is a relatively, call it relatively newer therapy. It's developed in the 80s and 90s by Francine Shapiro. And this is looking at the ways that our body holds on to trauma and really particularly that even emotional trauma is stored in our nervous system. And so some of those top-down talking therapies are talking to our prefrontal cortex. It's not the brain or our nervous system where our traumas are believed to be stored. And through this model, we theorize that what is happening is that our working memories are actively keeping back our trauma in our nervous system. And that's where we get a lot of this feeling of our feelings are different than our thoughts. You know, you hear a lot of, you know, I know I should feel different, but that I should that. be over this, but exactly. And so we look at that as the thoughts being up in that prefrontal cortex, the emotions are really being trapped in the limbic system and they need help getting out. And so what EMDR does, it stands for eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing is eye movements are a form of what we call bilateral stimulation, moves left and right, activates alternately our left and right hemispheres of the brain. This helps to activate what is happening in the limbic system. So those emotions that are there end up coming up, up into the prefrontal cortex. That way we can work on the thoughts that we have about our traumatic experience in that prefrontal cortex, the feelings and the thoughts end up working together. That allows our clients to be able to experience those feelings, to be able to get through those feelings and to be able to move towards healing. And the therapist's role there is really to provide the EMDR structure and allow the client's naturally working brain to be able to work on healing itself. And this is a big part of Francine Shapiro's adaptive information processing model as far as how we understand the way that the brain works and that it becomes adaptive responsing in a healthy way for our clients to 
be able to change the way that they're the way that those thoughts come up in the moment as they're experiencing those feelings. That's a great explanation. Thank you. And so how does the therapeutic relationship play into the EMDR process in the way you work? So for a lot of people that I've heard who've had bad EMDR experiences or other clinicians talking about EMDR being too flooding for clients, to me, all of that sounds like bad EMDR. I really focus is that we still need to build a very trusting relationship with clients and that there's a lot of people who think that the the finger waving, let's get our clients activated and, and through those feelings. There's a lot of preparation work that needs to happen before clients are ready for that. And a lot of that still is building a good therapeutic relationship. It's helping our clients to understand how EMDR is different from other therapies that they might have experienced before. Understanding how the process works of EMDR, that we're going to look at not only the traumatic experience, but we're going to look at how we're thinking about that experience now, what our negative cognitions are now about that experience, what kinds of emotional reactions and body reactions that we're having now about that experience, not just back then. And really helping our clients to understand that this is helping to put the past in the past and that we have a now experience that is different from the past. And this is why EMDR is so great at working at PTSD is because for a lot of people who've experienced those post-traumatic symptoms, it's they can't really tell what's happening in the past versus what's happening right now. This is a mechanism that really helps to separate those out. Once clients understand kind of this process, we also spend a lot of time focusing on building really good grounding resources. And that is both for use in session, oftentimes with some of these bilateral stimulation, we use eye movements, we can use tapping, we can use little buzzers that people hold that help people to just move back to feeling more regulated. We also talk about the ways that they can use any sort of healthy and adaptive grounding resources in between sessions. So that way, if they're getting dysregulated with other things that are happening in their life, other triggers, members, friends, even things that remind them of their trauma, ground themselves as well. And so a lot of times working through the first couple of phases of EMDR is about preparation for the EMDR process before we really get into the stronger trauma work. Okay. So now when you say the phases of EMDR, I know like the three phase approach to trauma therapy, but that's different. So what are the I mean, you don't have to, you can explain them all or just kind of describe whatever. I'll, I'll give some broader descriptions here, Great. but the first couple of phases of EMDR are about duration, about getting our clients ready for EMDR. The middle phases, which is what most people are going to associate with it, is the reprocessing phase, going through what their memories of the trauma are, how they're feeling about it now. Once that part is successful, we move into an installation phase. And this is where rather than looking at our past traumas with negative cognitions, it's looking at it with a positive cognition. For example, back when I was in my cycling accident, my negative cognition about it is I don't have any control. And that's a very understandable thing for a lot of people who've experienced trauma. 
Now looking at that very same image, the installation phase is working on making it believable that as I look back at the same trauma, I did the best that I could. And having that as a strength, as something that really, not only on a thought level, but on an emotional level, feels differently in being able to evaluate the exact same image that I went to therapy in the first place for. And then the last phase of EMDR is about future template, which is looking at identifiable times in the future where I might also be running into that same negative cognition. So imagine a time in the future where you might feel, I don't have any control. How do you want to handle that? And being able to work through a future template of how am I going to ground myself, react in that situation, believe in myself. So that way it comes back to in this future scenario where I might run into the same idea, the same negative cognition. How can I operate on the strength that I've just developed for myself? Hey everybody, I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my experience with Sunset Lake CBD. I first tried CBD when my integrative doctor recommended it for chronic neck pain and tension that tends to wake me up at night. I really like Sunset Lake CBD's products. The full spectrum CBD tincture is mild tasting compared to others I've tried, and I find it works quickly. It doesn't feel sedating, but it does have a pleasant calming effect. And I also like the CBD gummies. They taste good and they work well. So if you're looking for a craft CBD product that comes directly from a farm outside Burlington, Vermont, that's a producer for Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you're going to want to check out Sunset Lake CBD. And remember, Therapy Chat listeners get 20% off using the promo code CHAT. So go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the promo code CHAT. Okay, thank you for explaining that. And that's, I don't know any of that. So I'm really grateful (laughs) since I'm not an EMDR therapist that, that you explain that. So I want to talk about how using EMDR with adolescents is different, but I also wonder if you could talk just a little bit about, I know that there must be a different way of doing EMDR, that the process may look different when someone has complex trauma dissociation versus they've had a single incident accident like this, like what happened to you. Am I right? Or Yeah. So... I I hear two separate questions here. So I'm going to answer the single incident trauma versus the complex trauma question first. In either case, during that preparation phase, what we're looking for is clients to feel that they're ready to start addressing their targets. And you're right, it is easier to address single incident trauma that because it's contained, because it's one time, because it's not repetitive it's a lot more straightforward to work with. We're still going to develop internal resources for those clients to be able to work through the reprocessing phase when that activating material is coming up. The difference between single incident trauma and complex trauma is that we're going to really spend a lot more time in that preparation phase to help clients have a number of different resources to really be able to expand that emotional zone of tolerance to handle more material, to understand from the therapist side of things, 
how all of those complex traumas assessing phase, if we're jumping from one target to a next, that it's fairly predictable from the therapist's end of, okay, this makes sense because this makes sense because we're going from one trauma to a next. These are client identified things that might be related to each other because they share a negative cognition or because they share a similar portion in a client's life that the therapist is able to follow along and continue to provide the EMDR structure for the client to work through their material and not try and just force them back into working on one trauma at a time. The major difference is, is really spending a lot more time in that preparation phase. So that way the client feels that they can handle more material and that the therapist understands the relationship between the different traumas and can help the client make sense of that as treatment progresses. Okay. So one more little question that's specific about that. Sure. Is it doing EMDR therapy when you are in the preparation phase and you're not necessarily doing the eye movements, or maybe you are doing them in the preparation phase? So the group that I train with, the Institute for Creative Mindfulness, Jamie Marich and Dr. Steve Dandiger are two wonderful people who've led me through a lot of my training and my experience in this. We believe that EMDR is a complete therapeutic theory, that from the beginning of our intake through the end of termination, all of this can be EMDR therapy, that it's not just the eye waving, you know, fingers waving in somebody's face, that this is all conceptualized through that adaptive information processing model. And that brain structures can change. We have, you know, 20, 30 years of fMRI studies now that show before and after effects of people who've undergone EMDR treatment and have better blood flow in their brains. And part of conceptualizing the way that people's maladaptive behaviors are happening through this model is, all right, where is the trauma or the stress in their life causing them to have this anxiety? Where is it causing them to have this anger outburst? Where is it causing them to potentially be, you know, using a substance or a behavioral addiction in order to cope? And going through that kind of a conceptualization as part of an EMDR model, whether or not we move into reprocessing to us is still EMDR therapy because we're still looking at the ways that maladaptive things can turn into adaptive things. Beautiful. Thank you. And that's a nice context to have that because, you know, it's not just like only the eye movements, only the protocol, although I guess that's part of the protocol is the preparation, but I think people think of it in terms of like the nuts and bolts. It, and that's really where EMDR's marketing department could probably do a little bit better of helping to say, you know, it's not just finger waving that, and as I mentioned earlier, the, the therapist or the client's stories where I hear like they're going into reprocessing in that first session it's bad EMDR because good EMDR is taking that step back and really looking at that preparation phase as being the most important part of the EMDR treatment. That way the clients know what's happening. It feels like it's something that the clients can continue to show up to sessions and feel prepared for. And that's where good EMDR really comes in. Wonderful. Thank you again for explaining that. 
So let's talk about how you kind of adapt EMDR to working with adolescents, because that was something that I don't know anybody who does that besides you, but I'm sure there are many people. So I think this is a great thing for our audience to hear about. So functionally, EMDR with a lot of adolescents is the same as it's going to be for adults, that there are a lot of child EMDR specific trainings that have really different conceptualization. But for a lot of people, a lot of adolescents, that they're able to process information in very much the same way that adults do. And therefore, the standard EMDR protocol typically works pretty well for them. There's caveats, you know, if the client's developmentally disabled or has some other particular individual issues that you might need to look at a blend between child and adult models. But for the most part, most adolescents can follow the standard EMDR protocol, looks pretty much like it is working with an adult. The difference comes in in case conceptualization and the ways that we prepare clients for EMDR. If you think of the usual differences between adolescents and adults, adolescents don't have quite as much freedom in their lives to be able to make decisions. They're not able to engage in as many of the you know usual resources that adults can do. Most teenagers can't afford to go out to a spa if that's what it is that's taking care of them in the way that an adult might be able to. And so what we need to look at is more adolescent-focused resources. And this gets you know, a little bit confusing sometimes because you know, sometimes talking with adult clients, as far as, you know, you can turn to your friends, be like, I had a really tough therapy session today, and I'm still feeling most adolescents' friends are not capable of really being in a good space or developmental maturity to handle those kinds of conversations. The other thing is, is most adolescents, if where their trauma is coming from is in their house, is mm-hmm. that their parents might be the ones who are the cause of a lot of the stressors or the traumas that they're coming in for is being able to provide a way to break out of some of those family stories or or really be able to individuate from their parents while they're working through the traumas with those traumatic things still very, very present in their lives. And so it's being able to work with your clients in ways of, all right, what are good resources that you can use that allow for you to... Another thing that comes up with a lot of adolescent clients is a lot of adolescents are really unsure of themselves in the first place, so might not really resonate with negative cognitions about themselves, that it's just easier to distance themselves from a lot of those negative thoughts. And so the way that we frame some of the questions might look quite a bit different. For a lot of adults, we might pull out, you know, here's a list of negative cognitions when you think about your trauma resonates with you. A lot of adults can, you know, go down a list and a lot of adolescents can too, but sometimes in helping to help identify targets with some of our adolescent clients, it's great asking, how do the people at school think about you? And then you get this really great and rich projective negative cognition sort of idea that popular kids see me this way. Oh, do you resonate with that? And that creates a much easier bridge into being able to identify some of these negative cognitions in looking at some of the other times in their lives when they might have felt this way. Can you tell me about any time that you felt this way 
you know, what's the earliest in your life that you felt this way that, you know, these popular kids are talking about you that helps us to do the float back part of EMDR that helps to look for, are there other related traumas that identifies potential targets or potential blocks to any ways that we might be working with our clients in this situation? One more thing of working with adolescents is especially the role of being able to look at like family projection processes onto the client. A lot of identified patient sort of aspects can be rich for targets of things that helping adolescents at a time in their life when they're trying to individuate of really being able to not just continue to take on the aspects of their parents, multi-generational sort of aspects that their children, and really being able to help normalize the changes that can happen to adolescents or anybody who's going through trauma treatment, that we're going to see some changes of how they operate in the world, not so anxious, not so angry that some of the family process around them that's used to them serving in those roles in the household of being able to normalize that to the parents and help to provide the structure and the referrals to family therapy. So that way they can redefine their relationships with each other too. Beautiful. That's so important. You know, one thing we don't talk about with child therapy, I mean, I think all therapists realize, and we don't like always talk about this out in the world, is that, you know, the the child who's in therapy is showing that there's something that needs to be addressed a lot of times within the family system. And, you know, I mean, sometimes, yes, the child had an experience that's impacting them that isn't really related to the whole family. But most of the time that identified patient thing is like, you know, fix my kid and, you know, not as much awareness around how the dynamics of the way the family communicates and the boundaries are contributing to the reasons why the child is acting out. So I'm glad you said that. And it's beautifully compassionate too to help the parents understand that, you know, this is these changes that you're seeing, you know, are now kind of exposing that there's some other dynamics that could be helped by getting some family therapy. I think that's very beautiful. And this exists in both single incident trauma, especially more prolonged sort of things where, you know, parents might really move into, you know, their full-time role being a caretaker and helping to have them continue to focus and try to keep in role for children who've gone through complex traumas that it working on the oftentimes parental roles of having years of frustrated responses to kids who are acting out aggressively or anxiously or, you know, directing a lot of very natural trauma responses at family members because they're, because they're there, because they're the safe ones to take out this frustration on that can really shape an entire family system. And that is work that with doing EMDR with adolescents and with children is really necessary to sustain a lot of the individual growth that can happen through this healing process. It sounds like you're doing so much great work out there. I mean, I'm glad that you are, your practice is there to serve people in your community who need this help. And I hope that more and more people begin to offer EMDR and other trauma therapies with younger clients. 
I know we're nearly out of time, but I want to give you a chance to tell our audience more about the other stuff you do that some of it is coming up very soon. And I happen to know because I'm going to be part of it. <laughs> you are. You're going to be one of our at the 2021 Therapy Reimagined Conference that we are so excited to be able to, at the point of this recording, have a hybrid conference of having people both on the ground in Los Angeles for our live event. We're also going to be streaming a lot of our conference workshops. So if you're not able to make it to Los Angeles, September 23rd, 24th, 25th, that you are going to be able to stream in, see a lot of the presentations that we have. And a lot of the philosophy that we're bringing with Therapy Reimagined is that Therapy is a profession that is very, very traditional, and that oftentimes leaves clients and therapists in this space of doing things the old way without feeling the permissions and the supports to really be able to adapt things to what works. And we are really trying to help make therapy a more 21st century sort of process for both clinicians and clients. And this is our fourth year doing this conference, and we're super excited that we're able to stream this, bring it to people in person. We're having a hybrid sort of opportunity there for the people coming in person to be able to see what everybody else is streaming and really being able to build a therapeutic community. A lot of therapy conferences can just be go to these workshops and then go to your hotel rooms. We really do try to bring a, a whole social aspect to this as well and, and bring a lot of people together. So all of the latest updates on that, you can check out therapyreimaginedconference.com. Wonderful. And, you know, it feels like a community and I see all the work you all are doing as it's getting closer. I hope the hybrid will be able to happen. And we don't know with COVID, but, you know, I think it's incredible that you're putting this together this way and I can't wait to be part of it. We're so glad to have you here this year. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But tell, tell everybody too, about what, what is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide podcast about? So our podcast serves a, a very similar purpose. It's free podcasts that we put out weekly. This is really looking at a lot of therapist issues and being able to support therapists. We come out with episodes weekly about things like running your practice more efficiently. We talk about big issues that are going on in the therapist world, talking about the role that like therapy apps are having on our profession and the impact that it's having on clients and clinicians as well. And we're also currently uh, in the process of about once a month, part of our special podcast series on fixing mental health care in America, where we're talking with people in emergency rooms and politicians and police officers who work with people with mental illness and the ways that these really large systemic changes can happen, but it takes the buy-in of several often separate systems that end up interacting with the very, very same people. And so we're really proud of the work that we're doing on that as well. That sounds amazing. I have to get caught up. I've been so busy with my own stuff that I haven't really been able to listen much lately. So thank you for that. And then lastly, if someone is in LA and wants to work with you or tell us your, your practice area, if it's outside of LA too, where can they find you? So my practice can 
that serve anybody in California. And we do telehealth and in-person sessions, both on the west side of Los Angeles and the San Fernando Valley, but virtually anywhere in California. And you can find my website at kurtwidhelm.com, C-U-R-T-W-I-D-H-A-L-M.com. And check out our website and reach out to us through there. Kurt, thank you so much. I'll put links to all of the websites in the show notes. And just thank you so much for this great explanation of your work and the services that you're offering. So glad to share. Thank you to Sunset Lake CBD for sponsoring this week's episode. Use promo code CHAT for 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned small business that ships craft CBD products directly from their farm outside of Burlington, Vermont to your door. Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. They offer tinctures, edibles, salves, and coffee designed to help with sleep, stress, and sore muscles. Sunset Lake CBD customers support regenerative agriculture that preserves the health of the land and creates meaningful employment in the community. Farm workers are paid a living wage and employees own the majority of the company. Remember, use promo code CHAT to get 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. The Therapy Reimagined Conference is going hybrid this year meaning you can join us virtually or in person in Los Angeles for three days of learning and connection. With headliners like Dr. Bandy X. Lee and Dr. Jamie Marich, you know that we're exploring topics that don't find their way onto typical conference stages. Grab a virtual conference ticket or join our small but mighty group of modern therapists in Los Angeles September 23rd through 25th at the Sheridan Universal. We're keeping the live audience small, so don't wait if you want to be in the room. Learn more about what we plan for this year at therapyreimaginedconference.com and make sure to use Therapy Chat 15 at checkout for 15% off your virtual or hybrid conference ticket. No matter how you participate in Therapy Reimagined, it's going to be an event to remember. And I hope to see you there. Like I said, either I'll definitely be there virtually because I have a presentation to give and I intend to be there in LA, at least for some of the events. So make sure to use that discount code. And for more information and resources on trauma and healing from trauma, go to www.traumatherapistnetwork.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a community for therapists and a place for anyone to go to learn more about trauma and find resources and connect with help www.traumatherapistnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com.
Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. 